Welcome to Toy Talk, a production of the American Specialty Toy Retailing Association. I'm Erin Hoffman. And I'm Cora McCarran, and we're the education team delivering content to you. Thanks for joining us today as we discuss the latest trends and updates in our industry. Welcome Toy Talk listeners. We are joined today by Jamie Gallagher, CEO of Faber-Castell, to share some insights of how this almost 260-year-old company has constructed, constructed a plan of action with the disruption of COVID as a manufacturer. Jamie, thank you so much for being a part of Toy Talk today. Thanks, Cork. Happy to be here. Great. So let's start by learning a little bit more about Faber-Castell. Um, we think that you, Jamie, come from an interesting perspective, seeing as Faber-Castell is a worldwide company that, unlike many other global players, were never have heavily reliant upon um, Toys R Us in the U.S. Um, additionally, Faber-Castell has a large group of staff that take creativity seriously, and we know that many of your team are, in fact, credentialed as certified play experts, which we love, um, and that's only a few highlights to note. Um, can you share a little bit more about Faber-Castell and the worldview you maintain as a global manufacturer? For instance, um, in the past industry disruptions in the U.S., such as 9-11, um, the Faber-Castell parent company in Germany was not experiencing the same turbulence, or at least not at the same time. Um, so how is that different for this current pandemic, and um, what is your take as a global manufacturer? Well, as you mentioned um our parent company, we're, we're the wholly owned U.S. subsidiary of a parent company, the Faber-Castell company based in Germany, and that's the 260-year-old company uh, that you mentioned. You know, always family-owned, always privately held. Uh, but when you look at it, a, a time like this, what's super interesting about this is, you know, within the group, within the Faber-Castell group as a global company, there certainly have been challenges and disruptions in individual markets, uh, as you suggest, that you know even 9/11 was maybe not as hard hitting in each market as it might have been in the U.S. But when we look at a situation like this, where it really is a pandemic, then it's all of our sister companies, uh, all throughout the Faber-Castell Group, who are impacted. So whether they be in Asia, whether they be in Latin America, whether they be here uh, in North America, certainly over in Europe. Everybody is being impacted by this. So it, it, it makes it different, Cora, in that way, you know, maybe for two reasons. One is um, we don't really need to explain uh, in great detail as to what is going on because everybody understands it and everybody in their own way potentially is going through this. The, the other thing that it does, which is a little bit strange, is because we are all going through this, it really enables us to share best practices and share information on a global basis. And it, it's a bit of an odd advantage uh, that we have in a, in a situation like this where we're all going through it and we can all share based upon best practice and, and the common experience that we're having, albeit in many, many different markets. Mm, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, especially since they're all, you know, it's all happening at the same time for everybody. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of it in that way, but you know, what else could be, um, very interesting is that, you know, there's mandates that happen at different times. We're seeing it even in just, you know, select states around the U.S. Um, perhaps 
you know, you guys can implement something in, you know, in Germany or whatever and see that in just a week, you know, these changes have helped in this way or whatever. So, um, I think that's really interesting, um, and a a really cool perspective. So, uh, we're really glad to have you on, um, to talk a little bit more about that. So let's bring it a little bit closer to home now. Um, what does your warehouse, um, operations look like in Ohio at the moment? Well, I, I think we've traveled a, uh, a parallel journey to what many states and, and many of our uh, colleagues are, are dealing with here in the U.S. Uh, I think what might be a little bit different is that our governor, Governor DeWine, uh, came out pretty aggressively uh, early on. So as a company, uh, our staff has been working from home for a few weeks now. And that work from home went from something that we were uh, having our staff, you know, kind of self-select as to whether they were working from home or not. And then quickly after that, when schools went out of session, then uh, another uh, very significant uh, portion of our staff began working from home. And then lastly, when the governor determined that we needed to move into a stay-at-home order, then all of our staff um, was working from home. So we've got all staff working from home. Uh, we did suspend any shipping, any receiving. So none of our employees uh, are working from the building. Uh, they are either working from home or they are not working at all, but of course uh, being paid during that time. So those were the decisions that we made that were really clearly following uh, the guidelines that were set up by Governor DeWine here in Ohio. Well, that is good to know, um, you know, just in comparison to what's going on um, in the other states for manufacturers. Um, so thank you. Um, how has Faber-Castell planned to take on the current COVID pandemic? And how did you and your team construct a plan? Um, what does it entail? I, I think when I look back uh, at what we put together over the past couple of weeks, uh, Cora, what really comes to mind is, you know, we we all have um, we all have mission statements, we all have you know vision statements, we all have a sense of what our corporate culture is, uh, but in a time like this, which I mean, clearly was an unprecedented time, it, it's really when those things uh, provide great value and, and and it really becomes kind of a guideline for us as to you know what is our mission anyway, what's really important to us. So the first thing we did was to talk about, you know, what is our priority? You know, what's the number one priority in an uncertain time within our our company? And with that, we quickly agreed and prioritized the uh, health and safety of our employees and their families. So that was really the cornerstone or the foundation of our plan was to say, okay, hey, let's make sure that we take care of our employees and their families and make sure let's make sure that they're safe um, and that they're healthy. Uh, once we had a plan to secure that, then the remainder of our plan was really based upon support. And the, the single focus that we had was, okay, who do we serve? And how do we go about supporting them? So, for example, uh, what about our sales reps out there and our customers? How do we go about supporting them? Now, what does it mean in terms of extending payment terms? Or do they need additional content that we can provide that they can put on their websites? Or what is it that we can do to help support reps and customers? And once we had a plan for that, then we moved on and said, all right, how do we support consumers? So families, how do we support families out there? 
And what about communities, whether it's our own community or the community community within which our retailers are operating? So this plan had a structure that, first of all, said, okay, what's our number one priority? Our number one priority is the health and welfare of our employees. All right, what, where do we go from there? And then that's where we got into the support discussion of support reps, support retail customers, support consumers, and support communities. So that's how we built this thing um, early on. Oh, yeah, that's great. I think, like you you know, mentioned, it's an unprecedented time, um, but it's what we're seeing is that it's really putting um, values into perspective and um, in, term, in turn having folks, you know, think creatively about um, what's the plan and, you know, what, how do we prioritize going forward? Um, so on that note, Jamie, um, as COVID-19 has med- had many, you know, companies think on their feet and shift rapidly to adjust to this change, um, what are three key lessons that you have taken away from this as a leader of a global brand doing business here in the U.S.? Well, it, it's a great question, Cora, and I think, um, you know, there's lessons that we're learning right now, but I think it's also true that, you know, if, if we're doing it right, we have to be in a mode right now where we're open to learning and we will continue to learn from this as it unfolds because it, it as you know, changes uh, virtually every day and sometimes twice a day. Um, so far, when I look at, at what we've learned, um, there are, you know, kind of three key things. And the first one um, is that even though recently in the past year to year and a half, we've talked a lot about um, the four C's and the four C's of of future learning and future skill sets um, being communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. Even though we've talked a lot about those, I think we're really understanding that a bit more now. Uh, We've also talked a lot about, as part of this, this first point of learning, you know, we talked about the environment uh, being one that's often described as it's a volatile environment, it's uncertain, it's complicated, it's ambiguous. We're living that right now. So whether it's the four C's or the idea of a VUCA environment, if you will, you know, that, that stuff that we always talked about, it's real now. We're, re- we're really living it now. So I think that's a lesson that we're learning. Another lesson that I think we're learning, as I, I alluded to earlier, is, you know, if you have a mission statement in your company, is it a poster or is it a passion? What we found, and, and we were, I, I think, in some ways somewhat gratified is, you know, we were really able to rely upon our mission statement as more than just a poster on the wall. It really is a passion. And I think that's what enabled us to focus on how can we enrich people's lives at this time. Because our mission at Faber-Castell USA is to enrich people's lives and to do that through creativity and self-expression. Okay, at a time like this, how do we rely upon and how are we guided by that mission? So I think that's the second important lesson. And then the, the lesson, that the third one that I think we're continuing to learn right now and, and fully appreciate is that a, a really fulfilling life is one that is a balance between what we call 2D and 3D. So it, it's taking advantage of all the wonderful benefits right now of technology and digital, but also fully embracing and understanding how much we miss real connection and how wonderful traditional play is at a time like this. So those are the, some of the things that I, I think we're experiencing so far and the things that we're learning so far. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I want to, um, you know, go back to your first point that you made on the four C's. Um, you know, some of our listeners might have seen your post on Astro Connect regarding um, the four C's that you uh, mentioned, communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. Um, but can you elaborate on it a little bit, you know, what you were saying before um, all of this started to happen with COVID-19 and then, um, you know, how you're thinking about how it applies now? So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, these these always made sense sense to us uh, intellectually. So we could always talk about communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, intellectually, we get it. Um, in in a situation like this, where it is completely unprecedented, there's really not a playbook for this type of stuff. You know, I think of what we're doing every day now in terms of coping, let alone trying to manage this, and it it clearly is about you know, communication. If you think of communication right now, we are reaching out on a regular basis, uh, talking to our sales reps, talking to customers, you know, talking to our employees. We have a management call every morning at 9.30. So communication is more important than ever before. Uh, collaboration, absolutely. I mean, not only within the company, but across companies, we're collaborating in any way we can to try and beat this thing and be successful. Uh, critical thinking, you see it all across the country right now. You, you see people coming up with um, solutions to what is a real problem. And then lastly, creativity along the same lines. You know, we are trying to be as creative as we possibly can, not just in terms of the product, which we always try and be, but we're really trying to be as creative as possible in terms of how we work and how we can help support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely seeing all the four C's in, um, in many ways um, throughout the Asher community, at least in, on my end, I'm seeing it um, for everybody, you know, just floating around good ideas that have helped them um, or, you know, extending a lending hand um, in any way possible. Um, and I think you definitely come from um, an advantage or a different perspective um, having, um, you know, the global perspective and um, having just, you know, more more talks with people that are um, seeing something on the ground a little bit differently, you know? Um, so I think all of that is just really helpful for everybody to um, take into consideration. Um, but as a company that thrives on creativity, um, what are some tips or suggestions that you might have for people to release their innovation? Um, what do you do and your team um, see as keys to creativity? Well, when, when we talk about um, innovation, we understand and we, and we really try and impress upon people that, you know, although in some ways innovation is the, the thing that everybody's talking about. I mean, innovation is kind of the promised land um, that people look to and focus on and strive for. Uh, there really is not innovation without creativity. And in some ways, we look at creativity as the bridge between our imagination and our ideas and our thinking and really making things happen, which is the innovation part of it. So creativity is that key bridge between what we can think and what we can do. Um, in our company, more and more uh, beyond just product, but, but just in terms of how we're creative in terms of our operation of the company, how we're creative in terms of our processes and creative in terms of problem solving, uh, we continue to see and believe that a foundation of trust is so critical because it's only through a foundation of trust um, that we can openly share ideas. 
And that, that really becomes so important for us to be our best creative selves, to be our most confident creative selves. Uh, we've got to have and operate within an environment of trust. And as you alluded to earlier, I, I think it's tremendous in times like these where you really begin to see creativity flourish. I was on a call yesterday um, with one of our sales reps asking what's going on out there in the market. And he told me a story about a, a customer who had to close uh, her store but was able to open up a small kiosk inside of a local grocery store so that as the grocery store was open, she could still share her product and the opportunities for families to remain creatively engaged by her opening up this small kiosk inside of a grocery store. So it's just one example of the tremendous creativity uh, that's out there, and it's that creativity that ultimately spawns innovation. Yeah, that's that's actually very cool. Um, and this, you know, this is a time for people to think outside of the box. Um, you know, if you think of it in terms of like a road, for instance, it's not, you know, a roadblock. It's more like a fork in the road and you can, right. um, you can decide to stop, you know, cause it's not, you know, straight down the path that you were headed down, but, um, you can go, you know, a different direction and, um, perhaps it would have been something that you wouldn't have ever, you know, contemplated before all of this. So there's definitely silver linings and, you know, a time for creativity. Um, and I think, yeah, everybody's got to keep in mind that trust. Um, is a major player, um, like a silent player in the background that everyone has to Absolutely. keep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, with them. Um, so I'd like to just wrap up this Toy Talk episode by sharing your message um, of lock arms and wash hands. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for joining us today, Jamie, and for sharing your helpful insights. Cora, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Astra is proud to represent the specialty toy industry, and we thank you for tuning in with us today. If you want to learn more about Astra and COVID-19, we encourage you to take a look at Astra's coronavirus resource page and to listen to our previous Toy Talk episodes and webinars. You can find access to these items in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Toy Talk.